0: Good morning. This is Dr. Gwen. Uh, Happy New Year, 2008. Wow, where does it go? Um, Today is Friday, January 11th, and we're going to talk about irritable bowel syndrome and exercise for menopause. So let's start with irritable bowel syndrome. This is a report that comes out of UCLA, and uh, I'll go ahead and get started. It's titled, Brain Response Differences Found in the Way Women with Irritable Bowel Syndrome, or IBS, anticipate and react to pain. UCLA UCLA researchers found that women with IBS cannot effectively turn off a pain modulation mechanism in the brain that causes them to be more sensitive to abdominal pain compared to women without IBS. Interesting, huh? I decided to talk about this because I know irritable bowel syndrome is a very common phenomenon for for many women, and uh, for years it was thought, you know, that this was all in their heads, and you know, the classic sort of way women's uh, illnesses are treated. Whenever there's a predominance in the female sex, we they tend to think it's psychological, and guess who's thinking that? Generally, the the male researchers. But anyway, so I wanted to talk about this one. Um, They felt that the findings from this study could lead to a better understanding of irritable bowel syndrome and new treatments. They found that women with IBS, as I mentioned, cannot effectively turn off a pain modulation mechanism in the brain. And these findings are in the January 9th issue of the Journal of Neuroscience. Um, And let me talk a little bit about IBS. Uh, uh, Irritable bowel syndrome affects 10 to 15 percent of the U.S. population. And causes discomfort in the abdomen, along with diarrhea and/or constipation. And currently, there's no cure to treatments, um, and no, there's no cure and treatments that are available only lessen symptoms. A large number of patients with irritable bowel disease suffer major decrements in their quality of life," said the study author and professor of medicine of uh, digestive diseases and physiology at the David Geffen School of Medicine at UCLA. Uh, that his name is Dr. Emmerin Mayer. His research team studies the brain activity underlying the pain experience in patients with chronic pain disorders like IBS. Previous research in the field had shown that the brain can prepare for wa- prepare for pain in ways that others that either inhibits or amplifies the sensory experience. When expected pain is predictable, tolerable, inescapable and will result in a reward, like a doctor's injection to improve your health, most people tell the brain to inhibit the intensity of the pain experience. One way they do this is by turning down the gain within brain circuits that process the pain signal, similar to turning down the volume on a stereo amplifier in order to make the body's perception of pain less acute. When anticipated pain is perceived as escapable and potentially dangerous, such as burning your hand on a hot stove, Most people tell their brain to amplify the pain response which is like increasing the volume on a stereo amplifier in order to react faster and minimize possible tissue damage. The current studies show that IBS patients cannot turn down the amplifier of the pain response even when expected pain is not dangerous which makes them more sensitive to even mild discomfort. UCLA researchers used functional magnetic resonance imaging, or MRI, to record brain activity of 14 women with IBS and 12 healthy women during cued anticipation and mild abdominal pain stimulus. During the anticipation of pain, subjects without IBS decreased their activity within brain areas involved with pain and emotional arousal, including the insula, amygdala, and the brain stem, and IBS patients could not deactivate those circuits effectively, although they also knew the pain um, was not dangerous. The abdominal hypersensitivity that mark a hallmark of IBS may represent an inability to downregulate pain and emotional arousal circuits. Who also was a, a study author and senior research scientist, uh, Dr. Stephen Berman. IBS patients may have an inability to inhibit the competing tendency to upregulate emotional arousal in order to escape pain faster. And I can't help but wonder if this has implications for any sort of um, chronic pain sort of um, phenomena. As expected, IBS patients reported lower pain thresholds and more anxiety than healthy women. Anxiety correlated with more brain activity during anticipation, but not in the receipt of pain. Negative emotions like anxiety and anger can interfere with the brain's ability to strategically down-regulate pain arousal pathways in situations when such an increased sensitivity is maladaptive, um, Berman said. Both groups of women increased activity in pain arousal areas during receded pain, but IBS patients showed greater boosts in several brain structures. Interesting, huh? We found that the lower the brain response during anticipation in the arousal circuits, the less the dampening effect of the cortex on pain sensitivity during the actual pain stimulus. Researchers noted that explaining this phenomena in Um, irritable bowel syndrome leads to the classic chicken and egg debate. How much of the anticipatory brain dysfunction was produced by the long history of abdominal pain patients and how much did it predate and cause their symptoms? Additional research may reveal that some pain patients have a primary difference in their brain's reaction to pain. Several converging findings from UCLA and other research groups support the importance of this research for better understanding of IBS and other functional pain syndromes, as I mentioned earlier, uh, and one that they mention is fibromyalgia. Female patients show greater abnormalities than their male counterparts in the early brain response, and genetic f- factors have been identified, which may predispose to an alter responsiveness of emotional arousal circuits. So I hope you find it interesting. It's, it's rather... Um, a new um, groundbreaking sort of research that can look at the body's response to chronic pain and I think this certainly has implications for other um, chronic illnesses Um, and it would be interesting to test this between men and women to really look at those differences and that we can finally acknowledge that women's response to pain is is very different. Um, I'll give you an example. My son, my oldest son, he's 26, This has been the crisis I've been dealing with over the holidays. He's a chef, and he fell while carrying a pot of boiling water, and it spilled all over his chest. He he was embarrassed, so he decided to uh, just take off his chef coat, put a new one on. You know, there's something about this hardiness of the male chefs in that industry. Finished his shift, which was about another half hour. Went home, told his girlfriend. um, Told him He told her not to disturb me because he didn't want me to worry, and anyway, he had second or third degree burns all over the chest, the shoulder, his left thigh, part of his foot, um, because there had been oil in the, in the water. He ended up, I took him immediately to the ER. He was in ICU for a week, and then in the general uh, population for another week. Oh, and then we've been taking him to the burn center, but the reason I bring all this up, besides all the, the trauma and chaos and worry and nightmare that this has been and he's going to be fine. Um, he will be scarred and he's working on therapy for his arm but the hardest thing what the interesting thing was was his response to pain. I know if I've had a little splash burn from hot water um, I'm not a, I don't like it and I had put ice on it immediately. but what he did is he went home and he drank a bunch of Jack Daniels which obviously is a good uh, se- way to self-medicate at least for him. but his decision was a poor one. And I think that this research is a good example of talking about um, when pain is perceived as escapable and dangerous, such as burning your hand on a hot stove, most people will tell their brain to amplify the pain response, just like increasing the volume. And I can't help but wonder if he told his body to de-amplify or to lower the pain because of his need for control. But he also went into shock later on. So anyway, I just wanted to share that one with you. The next one is very brief, Um, I'm trying to keep the podcast a little shorter. This one is called Walk Away Menopausal Anxiety, Stress, and Depression. With more menopausal women seeking natural therapies to ease symptoms, a new study has found that simply adding a brisk walking routine can reduce a variety of psychological symptoms such as anxiety, stress, and depression. This research is published in the January issue of Cancer Epidemiology Biomarkers and Prevention. With the aging population, physical activity represents one way for women to stay mentally healthy. Physical activity can help throughout the menopausal transition and afterwards," said the uh, lead researcher, Dr. Deborah Nelson, who is at Temple University. From 1996 to 1997, 380 women living in Philadelphia were recruited, and they were followed for more than eight years. The women reported their physical activity level and menopausal symptoms including stress, anxiety, depression, and hot flashes. The average age at the beginning of the study was 42, which, listen to this, these demographics are very, very good, I was very happy to see that there was some cultural diversity. 49% were African American, 58% reported more than a high school education, and uh, which, you know, I would like to see that lower actually, and 38% smoked cigarettes. Uh, we recruited African American and Caucasian women living in Philadelphia for the study to better represent the larger population of urban women. And these results are generalizable to both urban, Caucasian, and African American women. Groups of women have been underrepresented in previous studies, the lead author, uh, Dr. Nelson, said. In the category of stress, research has found that high levels of physical activity were the most beneficial to postmenopausal women and African American women. They reported lower levels of perceived stress than those who did not exercise. This top-tier group walked at a moderate pace, 4 miles per hour, for an hour and a half at least five times a week. While the study found mental benefits of exercise, it did not show that exercise reduced physical symptoms such as hot flashes. So um, physical symptoms like hot flashes go away when you reach menopause, uh, this author said, but that's that's not true. Um, it can. It depends on, menopause is defined as not having a bleed for one year, but uh, hot flashes can go longer. I know, because I'm experiencing it. But mental health is something that women still need to think about post-menopause. The middle tier walked five times a week for 40 minutes. The bottom group, considered the non-exercises, walked for 15 minutes about five times a week. Oh, bummer. I guess I would be considered a non-exerciser. But I notice when I do exercise, my my affect, everything changes. So maybe my response to some of the menopausal symptoms is decreased because I have a better mood. But that's my own um, theory. By design, all the women were premenopausal at baseline. Eight years after enrollment, 20% of the women were menopausal, with an additional 18% classified in the late transitional phase. <clears throat> in the urban setting, the women walked outside in city blocks or in shopping malls, and. Um, you know, she talks about you don't have to run 20 miles a week to reap the benefit of exercise. If you stick to a moderate pace walking schedule, it could keep your body mass index down and lower the risk of stress, anxiety, and depression. So get out there and walk. And if you can't do it at home, you know, if you can't do it in your neighborhood, um, you can certainly um, walk around your house. <laughs> um, I think key though is to find a walking buddy. Well, one thing that I would like to try. Um, I think that in itself would be very um, motivating. Anyway, that's all for today. Take good care. Happy New Year again. Um, Stay healthy. And again, if you have anything you'd like me to talk about, send me an email at gwen at drgwen.com. All the best. This is Dr. Gwen.